Let's pray. Uh, Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to, to share, with, uh, share with folks what you have laid upon my heart. Um, Lord, I pray that it will go out and it will just bless and it will change lives and it will let people think differently because your word never goes out and returns the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, three corporate executives were hiking in the desert in Saudi Arabia. Um, they were kind of on one of these executive team building exercises when one of, the, one, of the, one of the guys found an old lamp. And so it looked like a genie lamp. And so he rubbed the lamp and a genie came out. And a genie popped out to, you know, and, and, and he, the genie said to the man, I'm going to give you one wish, but you can only get the wish out of these three wishes. So here are the three choices. Choose carefully. You can either get your choice of unlimited health or unlimited wisdom or unlimited money. The man thought about it for a moment and he said, I know what I want. I wish for unlimited wisdom. The genie said, okay. And in a poof of smoke, the genie was gone. The three men stood stood in silence until one of the guys <laughs> as as one of the guys asked the guy who rubbed the lamp he's like so what do you have to say what words of wisdom can you provide us and the guy thought about it for a few moments and he said i should have taken the money you know life is full of choices we make thousands of choices every day and some choices are small, some are life changes, life changing, they have life, um, lifelong implications, and some do not. Some are part of God's like, you know, big plan, you know, big sovereign master plan, and some are just simply part of us living it's, and living out God's will in our lives for us to live like a more fulfilling life. You know, if you ever walk into a supermarket, like I do, I love grocery shopping. I, just, I really love grocery shopping. I don't do it as much anymore. Um, my wife does most of it, but, but I love going in there. But you know, you go into the grocery store and you look around, and you just think about, there are a lot of choices in the supermarket. They say the average supermarket has about 36,000 items. So when you walk into the supermarket, you have 36,000 choices. You, you have... You know, you have many different types. So if you take toothpaste, for instance, Crest makes 61 different toothpastes. If lipstick is your thing, lipstick is not my thing, but, it, well, I like my, when my wife wears it, but if, it's not my thing, too. Anyway, if you look at Revlon, Revlon itself has 158 choices in lipstick. I don't know how, you know, about you know, how many times you've, like, kind of stood in front of a uh, supermarket aisle, and it's just like all these choices, and, and you're like confused, you know, you're like paralyzed, like, like, like trying to decide what laundry detergent is like is gonna be right for me, for my clothes. And you know, you're looking at all this stuff, or you stand up in front of a can of corn, you know, aisle full of cans of corn, it's like, which one is better? You're just kinda looking at. Or maybe you're at the checkout counter, and you're faced with all these choices, you know, you got paper, you got plastic, you got bring your own bag. Or even when you're checking out, you know, it's like credit or debit. And the fact is that every choice that we make has some impact. 
Every choice that you make has some impact. Every choice that I make has some impact. And the impact can make you happier. It can make you feel more fulfilled. It can, it can um, bring you more joy or it can have the opposite effect. And, and oftentimes, and many times, the choices that you make or the choices that I make really has an impact not only on me. It may not even have an impact on me, but it has an impact on somebody else. You see, it can impact you temporarily also. It can have some long-term effects. Your choices can result in your success or in your demise. You've been with us um, over the past few weeks. You'll know that we've been doing a series, a series kind of on the will of God called How Do I Know? It's really a series on how do, we, how do I know what is the best decision to make? But it's based on this question that starts off with, usually with something, Pastor Gary, how do I know and it's followed up by something more specific, something like, how do I know what God wants from me? You know, maybe at some transition point, some big life decisions, decisions about a career, decisions about a job opportunity, decisions about a relocation opportunity, decisions about what church to go to, what ministry to get involved in, what nonprofit organization to commit to. Like, you know, you want to do something meaningful with your life and you want your life to count for something, for you to have legacy. So you, you ask yourself questions like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Or maybe your question is, what am I supposed to do next? Because what I was doing, I thought for many years that this was what I was supposed to do with my life. And it, may, and it was, but now you feel that you're being called to something next. Or maybe for you, your question is a little bit more fundamental than that. Or maybe for you, you're stuck in this decision-making paralysis because all of a sudden, you can't make a decision because you don't know what you want. You don't know what you value. And you find yourself asking the question, how do I know what I really want? And you sit there you find yourself doing nothing or stuck in a rut because you don't know what to strive for. Week after week, month after month, year after year, you're sitting in a, in a place of indecision. No purpose, no direction, no drive. And you just sit there and time just passes you by. Time just passes you by because you don't know what do I really want. Maybe your issue is different. Maybe you know what you want. You have these things out here that you want. You know, last week we talked about that. You want a stress-free life. You want abundant living. You want to do a life of legacy. But you have no idea how to get what you want. 
And you, you don't want to go left because you're scared you made the wrong decision. You don't want to go right because you're scared you made the wrong decision. And you don't know which way to go. And so your question is, uh, uh, how do I know what is the right decision for me? Not for my mother, not for my father, not for my uncle, sister, cousin. And so the system, this, this series is really important because this is the number one question I get as a pastor. How do I know what is God's will for my life or me for in this situation? You know, the questions pop out in many different ways, right? It may puzzle like, hey, Pastor Gary, how do I know if this guy or this girl is the, world, or the right person? Is God's will for me? How do I know if it's God's will if I get married next year or the year after? How do I know if, if it's God's will that this relationship that I'm in is a bad thing? How do I know if this is the right measure for me? How do I know if I should take this job? How do I know if I should retire at this time? How do I know if I should buy that car? Pastor Gary, how do, how do I know? And the list goes on and on. So today, I have good news for you. I want to talk to you about how you can know God's will in every situation. How do you know God's will? How can you know God's will in every circumstance? How can you know God's will so you can make better decisions? Today's topic, today's talk is anchored in one verse found in James 1, verse 5. The verse says, if anyone of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it, and he'll give it to you. God gives freely wisdom to everyone, and he doesn't find fault. Today I want to talk about wisdom. I want to talk about God-inspired God gave him wisdom so that when the path is not clear, that wisdom will make the path clear. You know, the Living Bible puts, puts that same verse this way. It says, it says, if you want to know what God wants you to do, just ask him. And he'll gladly tell you, for he's always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. And and if, you know, if, if you're like me, and, and I suspect you're like me, I, I know I can be a little bit different sometimes, but I suspect you're like me. There are some situations that you come across in your life where there are really no clear instructions in the Bible. Just no clear instructions. And, you know, some of these questions like we asked before, like, you know, what should I major in school? You know, I got two job offers on the table. Which one should I take? <laughs> you're lucky if you, well, you're blessed if you have two job offers on the table. Should I pay with credit or should I pay with debit? Should I um, take out a loan or should I pay cash? Should I, you know, I, you know, I am attracted to two girls who are both Christians. How do I know which one is the right one for me? They both like me. They're both good women. And when faced with these choices, when there's no clear decision, how can you know what is God's will? How can you know the right decision? When God tells us that, when we don't know what to do, and when there are no clear answers, we need wisdom to make the right choice. 
And, and sometimes that choice is easy. It, it, sometimes it, it's easy because our common sense tells us that, that what the right choice is, and our common sense just kicks in. It's like, oh, that's obviously the right choice, and boom, you know, and you make it and, and you move on. But oftentimes, there's, it's not that simple. He, the answer doesn't come to you just that simple. And those times when that comes, God tells us what to do when we don't know what to do. And that's really to ask God what to do. And he will gladly tell us what to do. And that is wisdom when God tells us what to do. Specifically, he gives us the wisdom to know what to do. And it can be very frustrating at times because you want to, you, you know, uh, you just want him to tell you, Right? Point blank, no guesswork. You just say, God, just tell me what. Can you just please tell me what? God, can you please just tell me what to do? You know, like he just sent a voice from heaven like you did a couple times in the Bible where you just shouted down from heaven. Like, this is the path to go. I always imagine God speaking a deep voice like some really learned pastors, you know, this is the way to go. Uh, but it, it doesn't work that way many times. And so we need wisdom. And what he'll give us instead is wisdom. Wisdom to not only make the right choice for this situation, but he implants that knowledge in us that, that we can take that wisdom and we can apply it to other situations. And we can give that God-given advice to other people that work for ourselves. And, and that's what God does when he gives us wisdom. When he gives us wisdom, it's like that old adage. When God gives us wisdom, it's like, you know, if God tells you how to answer to a problem, it's different than if God tells you how you can know the answer to the problem. The old adage is, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And wisdom is like that. Wisdom gives you a treasure chest full of, of truths, it's almost a tongue twister, that you can like pull from and pull out the same wise thought and apply it. You can pull from it indefinitely. You know, the wisest man who ever lived, his name was King Solomon, and, and he wrote this about wisdom. He actually wrote a lot about wisdom. It's found in um, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. He says this, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them, which is the things that you want you to search for, is wisdom, insight, understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures then you'll understand what it means to fear the Lord and you'll gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you'll understand what is right then you'll understand what is just, then you'll understand what is fair, and you'll find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. And wise choices will watch over you, and that understanding will keep you safe. You know, it's, it goes on to say, wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted, 
Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman and from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. So follow the steps of good men instead and stay on the paths of the righteous. You know, as I read that, I thought about a couple of things. The first thing is this, that wisdom does not come naturally. So you got to ask God for it. If you think wisdom comes naturally, you're not wise. <laughs> Guess again. And by the way, I'm not talking about the wisdom of men, you know. Uh, wisdom of men comes, comes easily. But we know that, you know, Proverbs 14, 12 tells us that the wisdom that comes from man seems right, but it leads to, to death and destruction. So, so I'm, not trying to feel the wis- <laughs> I'm not trying to feel the wisdom of men because I like, don't want to pick a day to die today. Rather, the wisdom I want is from God, the omniscient one, the one who knows all. The one who sees all, the one who is, is all, and the one who always was and is, and the one who is to come. So, how do I get this knowledge? Well, God says, just ask for it, and he'll gladly give it to you. It's that simple. If you want to be wise to make, to know the right decision in every circumstances, it is that simple. Or is it? See, the thing is, simple is not always that simple. Steve Jobs, who was the founder of Apple, he wrote one time, he says, you know, to make some complicated is easy. Simple is hard. And so when God says all you have to do is ask for wisdom and he'll give it to you, he made giving it to you conditional. And, and you can see it in, in Proverbs 2. Um, in Proverbs 2, he says it. He says this here. There are three big ifs in, um, in, 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 in there. The first thing it says that if, if, then you'll get the wisdom of God to deal with any situation or any dilemma. And, and if you're not doing these ifs that we're going to talk about in a second, if you're not doing these ifs, then any decision that you make, you're making them with your own decision and not the wisdom of God. And we know that <laughs> that, that when you make your own decision that the wisdom of God is going to lead you to death, it's going to lead to destruction. So let's look at these ifs really closely. The first if is that if you accept my words. It says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, if you accept my words. You know, these three, there are three things embedded with that if statement, that if you accept my words. The first one is that you can't accept God's word without knowing it. The second thing is that you can't memorize and meditate on it and, and, and have it imprinted on your heart if you don't know it. You've got to memorize it. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to have it on your heart. So that's that part of that if you accept my words. The third thing is that in order to accept his words, you've you got to know how to apply it when situation comes. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've come across a dilemma and I need to make a decision and I don't really know, kind of there's no really clear do's or don'ts. I don't know which way to go. And there's no do's or don'ts in the Bible and and I'm like, and I, and I'm like trying to figure it out, and and I'm like, Lord, you know, it's kind of help me. And then the Lord brings back a verse 
to my memory that leads me in the right direction. But here's another if. The second if that's there, it says, if you call out for insight, if you call out for insight, <laughs> if you call out for insight and cry aloud at understanding, the way we call out to God is through prayer. When we talk to God, we say, hey God, that's a prayer. God, I need some insights. That's a prayer. So when faced with a decision, no matter how big or how small, you simply pray about it. This is something that I try to practice. Something that comes up, I just say a little prayer in my mind. Say, God, how, how should I answer this? Sometimes somebody's telling me something and I'm getting hot, I'm getting angry, I'm getting mad, and I'm like, all right, God, how should I answer this? Or somebody sends me an email at work and I, I just want to, I just like, ooh, I just want to get off on it. God, how should I handle this? God, give me insight into the right decision. And here's the rub, though. Oftentimes, you need just more than that little, little, little prayer. It's a really big decision. I, I just really believe in audible prayers because I believe sound reflects intensity. A few weeks ago, we talked about fervent prayer where it's audible. And, and I believe in all the prayers. And, I, you know, I know God answers all prayers. And, you know, you should know that God answers all prayers. But I believe that audible prayers reflect an intensity of your heart. Audible prayers reflect a fervor of your heart. Audible prayers affect um, that, that, that really makes prayers like extra effective. So when something, we all know this, right? When something is intense, we make a noise. I almost made a marriage joke here. But, but it's almost involuntary. When, when something's intense, you got to work hard to keep quiet. You know, somebody takes a little stone and, and they throw a stone and it hits you in your arm. You may wince a little, but, you know, you can suck it up. But if somebody drops a boulder on your foot, you're going to cry out because you cry out. It's, it's, it's uncontrollable. It reflects the intensity of your pain. And that's what happens in audible prayers. It reflects an intensity, reflects a fervor, but there's a third if. It says, if you would seek it as hidden treasures. It says, if you'd seek for it as hidden treasures, like you look for gold and silver. You know, if you ever watch the Discovery Channel or the History Channel, whatever, or any movie where they're looking out for hidden treasures, they don't only look in one place. They, they don't only look in one place. They, no, they look, at, they look at each place provides a clue. It provides a clue that leads you to another place. And, and when you gather up all the clues, when you, you find all the clues and then you get there, you find where the treasure is in making tough decisions when there are really no clear answers. You got to seek. Well, one, you got to seek the Bible, right? You know, you gotta, we talked about it earlier. But you got to seek godly counsel. Not from one person. That's just looking for one clue. No, 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 you got you to gotta find a few trusted godly people and you got to go seek out their opinions like you would as if you're seeking out hidden treasures. And you go ask them and say, hey, man, I'm faced with this decision. Can you, can you go pray about it? Can you go pray about it for me and, and, and come back and give me an answer? The Bible tells us, Solomon tells us that in, the, in Proverbs eleven fourteen 14, that, you know, 
where there's no guidance, people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So God says, you know, if you know my word in you, hide it in your heart, imprint it in your heart, and you pray, and you pray out loud if you have to, and seek godly counsel, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. And who doesn't want the knowledge of God? You understand the fear. You'll understand the fear of the Lord comes first, and then you'll have the knowledge of God. And Solomon tells us that, you know that fear of the Lord? That is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 9 and 10. That fear of the Lord really is just this continued awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating the things that we're thinking about. And He's helping us in our thinking. And He's helping us in things that we're saying and things that we're doing. So what is wisdom? Well, Wisdom is the ability to consistently make good choices. So what do you got to ask for? Say, hey, God, can you give me the ability to make good choices? You know, wisdom is not the, op- the, is not the ability to philosophize. Yeah, and sometimes I hear people talking and they're saying stuff and they're sounding, they're saying they're philosophizing, but they're making no sense whatsoever. Wisdom is not the ability to uh, memorize like Aristotle and Plato and Socrates. Wisdom is not even the ability to memorize Scripture. You see, I know many people who have memorized Scripture and they're dumb as nails. It's not the ability to memorize Scripture. You got to apply it. Wisdom is the ability to make good choices, the application So how do you know when you're walking in wisdom, right? How do you know when you're walking in wisdom? Because (laughs) you could be walking and you're not walking in wisdom. Well, the same chapter, Proverbs 2 that we just read, it tells you. In verse 7, you'll know when you walk in wisdom when you have incredible common sense. Things that are smart, that are wise, things that seem like, oh, this is the way to go. And common sense becomes common to you, you're walking in wisdom. How do you know when you're walking in wisdom? Well, you're walking in wisdom when you find yourself being protected from the, from the perils of unwise decision. Like you are like, whoa, I'm so glad I didn't make that choice. That, whoa, I'm so glad I didn't make that choice. Whoa, I'm so, whoa, I'm so. I'm, I'm, that's how you know when you're walking in wisdom. How do you know when you walk in wisdom? Proverbs 9, 2, 9 tells you. You'll, be, you'll have discernment. You'll be able to play out like what a scenario. So you're faced with like two or three choices, four choices in front of you. And you're like, and you look, I go that way. What if scenarios start playing out in your mind? Well, if I do that, then that will happen, that will happen, that will happen, that will happen. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. If I do this, then this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. No, I don't want to do this. No, I'm like, oh, this is the way to go. That's discernment. 
Proverbs 2.10 tells us that when we walk in wisdom, if you do all these things that we talked about, the, the three is that I talk about, you will find that you, will, you are happier in the results of your decision making. You and you look, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this was the outcome of this decision I made. This is, I am so happy. I'm not living any life of regrets. Proverbs 2 12 tells us that when you're walking in wisdom, you'll be able to stay away from people of bad character. You come up with a person, God will give something inside you. He's like, whoa, don't hang with this person. They're not going to do good. Proverbs 2, 13, that if you do those three ifs that we're talking about, what you'll find out is that you'll be able to stay morally pure. You're like, I am not going to that house that has the open crib. Because I'm not going to end up being morally pure. Said differently, you'll be able to stay out of situations that's going to compromise your morals, your values, and more importantly, your God-given instructions. When you when you're morally pure, you'll be able. You won't be sinless, but you'll be able to sin less. Proverbs 2, 17, that, that if we go with those three ifs, then we'll be able to spot women and parentheses and say, and men, who will lead you down a path of seduction. You see this nice girl or you see this nice guy and everything about them seems good, but there was just something inside of you, the wisdom was just, you know, was just come up inside of you like, nah, nah. They're going to lead me to a path of seduction. So, when you're faced with these choices in life, there's some questions you should really ask yourself. If, if you want to apply the wisdom that comes from learning and meditating on Scripture, the wisdom that comes through your prayer and all the things, here's some questions to ask yourself to test it. I got choice A, I got choice B. You ask yourself, first question, is this choice in agreement with God's Word? So you got to know God's word, right? Is this, cho- is this choice in agreement with God's word? Or you could ask it differently. Does this choice conflict with God's word? So you got to know, read the Bible. The second question, and I'm getting real practical here. And you should write these questions down and ask yourself every time you're faced with a decision. Choice number two is, would I want everyone to know about my choice. Would I want everyone to know about the choice? As I'm making this choice, and I'm turning on the channels on my TV, and, and I'm skipping through, and you stop it to watch, and then you ask the question, what if everyone knew the choice? Would I want them to know? Because if you wouldn't want them to know, then the wise thing is to not to make that choice up that channel. Keep surfing, baby. Question number three. Will this choice make me a better person? You know, most of the choices that we make in life are, are, are not between good and evil. Actually, there are plenty that are between good and evil. But oftentimes, the choices that we make is between good and better. What's a good choice and what's a better choice? You know, when I stand in front of um, the cereal aisle at the supermarket... It's like all these choices of cereals, man. There's a whole long aisle of cereal choices. 
And I need to make, uh, which choice of cereal is best for me? And what is best for me <laughs> may not, what I want may not be best for me. For example, if I'm suffering from diabetes, Frosted Flakes, which is my personal favorite, would not be your best choice. So you make better choices, and when you make a better choice, you become better persons, people. And you don't do it <laughs> by not ju just doing what is okay, by not just doing what is good, but by doing what is better. Because, not because, you know, sometimes, you know, like, I can do that, that's okay. Not because something is permissible means that it's good for you, that it's advisable. Not because something feels good means that it is beneficial. You know, Paul wrote this in um, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, I believe it is. He said, and everything is permissible, but not everything is good. Not everything is beneficial. Everything is good, but not everything is constructive. So always choose the choice that leads to better. Here's another question for you to determine whether you're making the wise decision or not. Will my choice harm someone else? Will my choice harm someone else? Is my choice um, coming at the expense of someone else? You know, gossiping is an example of this. Because gossiping always hurts someone. It, you know, I, last week or a couple weeks ago, I talked about, you know, the choice. So sometimes you make a choice that's, that's violating someone's future spouse. Because you know what you're doing is violating somebody's future spouse. Now the question, could this lead me into bondage or addiction? We, we really not, we're not called to be enslaved by anything, whether it's finances or a healthy relationship or an illegal substance or maybe an illegal substance, food, sweets, anything that's addictive. Or maybe it's buying something you can't afford. Something that places you in your bondage. With this choice, so when you go to, when you need a new car, you need a different car, and you don't got too much money in your name, you don't go buy a BMW. That's going to lead you into bondage. It's another question. Can I do it with confidence that it is right? Or will it break, will it cause me to break my commitments? You know, God treats commitments very seriously. So our yeas have to be yeas, and our nays not to be, our nays got to be nays. And you may ask, well, what happens, you know, if I marry the wrong person? <laughs> you marry the wrong person. I hear that a lot. I married the wrong person. Yeah, don't break it off. What you do in that case is you become the right person. And when you become the right person, you'll find out that if you become the right person long enough, they will become the right person. You see, God's wisdom is not just about getting help to make the right decisions in our lives. God's wisdom is founded on getting to know God better. Which brings us to my third and final point, which is the ultimate goal of wisdom 
is to know God better. So here's what to ask for. Ask to know God. Ask God. Says, God, I want to know you more and more. And you know, seeking God's wisdom is not about getting help to make the right decisions in our life necessarily. It's really about getting to know God better because he is a rewarder. He adds more things on. He rewards all of us who diligently, earnestly, with fervor, seek him. Ephesians 1.17 says this, I keep asking the, um, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And so while it's good to gain God's wisdom in making good choices, remember that God's best choice for you God's best choice for me, God's best choice for us is to know him better. Because that is the beginning of wisdom. And God ultimately, and God actually wants us to know him better so much he desires a personal relationship with us. And God imparts his wisdom through his Holy Spirit to those who choose to have a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And so Paul, when he wrote this, he's like, he wanted every one of us, all his readers, to receive more of God's spirit of wisdom so that they could choose right from wrong, so that they can make, they can know good from better, they can make better choices. So they can know what God's will is. Not only all of that, but so that they could go deeper with God and get into to know him better. And I want to invite you to get to know God better. Because at the end of the day, that where it all begins and where it all ends. Now, you may be out there struggling with some of the choices that you've made. You've been out there struggling with choices that you haven't made and decisions that need to be made. And I want to tell you that I'm looking at you right now. I'm looking at you in that camera, and I'm looking at you in the other camera over there. And I know you're struggling with indecision, I know you're struggling with the right decision. And I know you're struggling with the effects and the lasting consequence of the wrong decision. But I want to tell you today that God wants to turn it around. He wants to turn it around. And he's promised If you're that, that a broken and contrite heart, he's not going to despise. So I want to invite you today to make a fresh commitment to turn it around and follow Jesus. A fresh commitment to seek wisdom. And I just want to pray for you right now. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I just feel so compelled. Lord, there's actually names that are coming to my mind of people that I know that chances are great that they're listening to this very message from you directed at them. Lord, I pray that they will reach out to you and just ask you for wisdom and that they'll practice those ifs if you do this, if you seek me earlier, if you search. And Lord, that you'll grant them wisdom to make the right decisions that transform their lives into a much better story. Blessings on this church. Blessings on everybody who's listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. See you next week as we end this series with one more message on making better decisions, knowing God's will. God bless you.